Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Like it's baffling, like absolutely baffling because it doesn't make them look good, doesn't make David Moyes look good, doesn't make the owners look good, doesn't make the Premier League look good. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. How are you feeling about the return? There's a great bit of excitement about it. I wonder from your own point of view, are you like excited but also like, ugh, I really wish I was involved. Yeah, this is, um, I've had close on 20 years. It's It's funny. Stephen Kenny's first ever League of Ireland game was mine. I think it was we were working it out the other day. It was back in '98, so I've sort of more or less been involved every year since. Last year was different, and it was a COVID year as well. So this is the first time it feels, yeah, home in the evenings. Going, what am I doing? Mm. What am I doing with my life? Mm. So um, I was power washing the garden during the week just just <laughs> to try and keep myself busy at this time of the year. Strange. So yeah, it is strange, but um, looking forward to it as well. At the same time, it's good to see. There's, there's definitely new interest come into the league I think in the last couple of years and I think that's that's great to see it, it definitely felt that that interest was bubbling up nicely right before the pandemic hit uh, like de- definitely more kind of people who would be casual viewers being compelled to go to games there was definitely a, a movement it felt which was very match going based therefore it kind of did fizzle out once the, the pandemic did hit so you'd like to think that that'll come back nicely over the next couple of months yeah and I suppose there's a couple of reasons for that we go back to probably the last big game before the Covid hit I think it was Dundalk and uh, Rovers and it was close on 8,000 at the game uh, it was an amazing game you know you had Jordan Flores goal you had Jack Bourne's brilliant winner um, I'm still hurt over that game a couple of years later so that shows you the type of the level that was there so um, and then um, because of the, the league doesn't get the coverage on the likes of the TV that other it can drift away for people and it becomes the norm not to go for a game on a Friday and a point after but thankfully uh, people have started to go back to the games and there's been a good interest in terms of a lot of ground sell out which isn't necessarily a good thing because some of the attendants aren't good enough but um, we've got to get that part right if we're going to progress the league in terms of you look at Dalymount Park, in many ways the home of Irish football, it'll sell out every week for the season, but it won't be anything more than four, four and a half thousand, and that's, that's a real concern. What are you doing from your own point of view? Are you, what's the LinkedIn network for football managers trying to get back into the game? Are you, can you chat to people? Are you sending TVs out? How does all that work? Yeah, it, it is a little bit of that, but you've got to get on with your life as well. You, you know, football is, is very fickle and in got to make hay when the sun shines so I, I had an amazing close on 10 years um, yeah I won't go on about it but we have quite a, a few league titles and you know 40 odd European games and Europa Leagues and that so we, we I had a good time of it and sometimes you've got to come away from it uh, would I like to go back in absolutely yes but um, not that I'm looking for a job up there but for example I've, most weeks I've gone up to the north uh, to watch games or gone to the UK um, I was at Linfield and Larne about 10 days ago brilliant game of football in Windsor Park and stuff that keeps you busy mm. being out watching Leinster haven't got the cheese board like you <laughs> out yet but just, you just keep yourself busy in that sense and watch sport and I think if you're interested in sport and coaching yeah. you follow different uh, different codes and, and it gives you a chance to have a look at them I'm going to the Dubs and Kildare um, when is the next week the week after so you just keep yourself busy in that sense Roy Keane was talking in the papers this morning about he was obviously closely linked and it seemed like was offered the Sunderland gig he was talking about like the right fit it's got to be the right fit and we were chatting about it earlier on like it seems if you're waiting for exactly the right fit you could be waiting a while yeah it, it, it's a wider discussion outside the league of Ireland any yeah. manager's job I think um, 
when when it's a, you take someone like Graham Potter, if that bus is coming along, do you jump? Do you wait for the right opportunity? And then so many managers we talk with the next England manager or the next Ireland manager, or whatever, mm. and just stock goes down. You look at uh, the questions around Brendan Rodgers at the moment. So. You've, sometimes you've got to jump when when something comes available, albeit it has to be within certain parameters, uh, the right gig. So, yeah, like uh, again, you, you look at clubs in Scotland, you would think that your CV would would stand up over there in at certain levels, and sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So, and as I said, I'm quite comfortable if if the opportunity comes, it doesn't. That's the same for other managers here. We've a lot of young managers who would. I would imagine, albeit they couldn't say it, their ambitions are, are bigger than just League of Ireland. I think they'd like to, to, to go further afield. Is there something bubbling in Scotland? Is that no, no, there's, there's not. There's just like um, over the last couple of months, there's been a couple of gigs. You get an interview, it's great, and sometimes you don't even get a phone call back. But mm. I mean, that's the same in any business, any walk of life nowadays. Um, it's, it's just the way it is. Yeah. All right, we'll watch that with uh, interest, obviously, as it unfolds over the next while in the cheese boards. If you have any recommendations, Vinny, that's, uh, we're all open for that stuff. Uh, let's t- uh, take a clip. Stewie was in with uh, Nathan and uh, Dan last night. They were looking ahead, and here was uh, Stewie Burns' thoughts about, obviously, much fancy Charmer Grovers for the season ahead. Is there a player that you think we should look out for in 2022? You can include yourself now if you like. Um, in terms of our own squad, I say... Um, Evan Weir, he's a young defender, attacking fullback, so yeah, I think he's definitely one to look out for this year. Someone maybe on our team that not many people know about is Dara Keane. Um, he had a brilliant season last year and hopefully he can hit the ground running going into next week. Um, a couple, I suppose, our own. James Clark has come on a lot in our and uh, Andrade, um, uh, Evan Weir. Uh, we've a, we've a, a few young lads coming through, so hopefully they'll be catching a few headlines. Young Dara Barnes that play with ourselves. Um, he, he lit it up coming probably later in the year last year, so I think he's a player that could really excite fans this year again. Probably a few players that I'd rate very highly. There's quite a few have, have already left for different leagues across uh, Britain. Um, without putting too much pressure on them, I'll throw in my goalkeeper, Ed McGinty. I think Mark Bourne, Mark Bourne for us this last year had a, had a good year, but I think he's going to kick on this year, so Mark Bourne, yeah. Jack Moyle on the shells, uh, he was at Wexford last year, he's done really well for us, and he's probably one who's not particularly well known yet, but I think he will be in a year. That was Ashley O'Reilly out and about uh, over the last couple of days, uh, getting a bit of a sense check ahead of the start of the new season. Not Stewie Byrne, but he was in with Nathan and Dan last night. Basically what he was saying, Vinny, was that uh, complacency was Shamrock Grover's biggest obstacle this season, which can't be given much hope to the chasing pack if that's the biggest threat to them yeah it would be hard to disagree uh, with Stewie on that one I mean I think the biggest challenge and it's a challenge for the league is um, they're not really being pushed um, they haven't been pushed um, in terms of if you look at the last 10 years it was Dundalk and Cork it was Dundalk and Rovers um, you, you know you need someone to push you the challenge is who steps up to that and, and makes Shamrock Rovers better I think Europe for them will certainly um, focus the squad I think they'd be disappointed how Europe finished last year mm. Europe is such a big card for, for, for players you know you look at the, the quality in their squad and they'll all want to showcase them, say, themselves in, in European football um, it didn't go well for them last year ultimately they went out quite easy so that's the challenge um, I know they, they'll talk about just retaining the title but I think it's more than that for Shamrock Rovers and I think um, they w- that will be a huge concern and also um, the this year probably more than any when you look at the bench last year like 
Lopez, uh, Barry Cotter, Graham Bork, Richie Tell, Rory Gaffney, uh, Chris McCann were all on the bench last week in the Presidents Cup final, mm. and and that's the challenge for the staff to keep all them players happy. Uh, there's no League Cup this year for argument's sake, which is a strange decision. So there's a lot of work to do with Shamrock Rovers just to stay where you are, because as we all know, it can it can change very quickly. But you'd imagine Shamrock Rovers will win the league comfortably. Right, uh, Jack Byrne obviously coming back has caused a fair bit of uh, interest as well. He's is he 25? And he's like he said, such a run at clubs. Obviously, some of them have been on loan. What's your sense of what he can uh, do for Rovers? This he's obviously impressed so much in the in the couple of seasons he's been there previously. But your sense of what he'll bring to the party for Rovers this season? Yeah, obviously. Um there's no doubt he was there thereabouts as the best player in the league um, on his de- he, he certainly played as if he was the best player in the league himself you look at Derry would have some talents as well which which would I would say could could be on par with Jack but Jar- Jack has the ability um, and, and what's great about him is we're starting to talk about players like Jack it's not Jack Bourne or Bourne at Rovers it's, you could, you could, you mm. could t- have a league of our discussion and talk about Jack mm. which is great so that tells you he's a star in himself I sort of live in around the Tala area the one concern I have is where's, where's the, the Jack Bourne billboard or the Richie Tells and these people I think we need to do that better but look to go back to him as a footballer I think he'll feel he's something to prove whether whether he made the right or wrong decision to go to to leave the league at the time, um, I think we'll, we'll find out. He, he's lost a lot of football, and he'll feel he's something to mm-hmm. prove again. And um, there's no doubt he'll have ambitions to get back into the international squad, and he'll have to be brilliant to do that because I think the landscape around that has changed. So it's a challenge for him. Um, and uh, but but he's, there's no doubt um, when you go and watch him play, the, the people at Tala love him. Rovers fans love him, and he he's a star and he's something big about the league. And we we certainly have that in the league now. When you look at the likes of Damien Duff and other stories that are developing, I think there's a there's a real appetite now for the league. And, and people like Jack Bourne really add to that. You mentioned that game right before the pandemic between Rovers and Dundalk. How much will I guess not matching but journeying towards the fact that they might be able to be put in the same conversation as that Dundalk team over the next little while motivate Shamrock Rovers this season to begin with the three in a row first of all before doing whatever it was five and six Yeah I, I would say um, it, it, it's so hard to talk about other League of Ireland clubs because you're probably you're at the risk of um, um, someone saying something to me when I'm buying the shopping tomorrow night um, what I'll say is I think they've got to they've got to prove themselves in Europe um, right. To be to be up in that category of mm. that great Dundalk team or the great Shelbourne team, and I don't like comparing eras and um, even the great Rovers team that that got to the to the group stages in two thousand one was around ten around that time. I think they've got to do better in Europe. I think they they haven't done well enough in Europe. They know that themselves. They've certainly got a squad now that's capable of being really good in Europe. And um, I think this this side could capture the imagination of of the nation, to be honest with you, because of because of the stars of, of as I said, the, um, Jack Bourne and, and players of that quality. You've seen the story around Lopez um, throughout the off season. So Danny Mandrew, all these players can capture the imagination of the nation. And it's it's funny for people who who League of Ireland people were very unique in their own way. We we live in our own world and, and people look in from afar and, and they criticise and they, they like it and don't like it. But from having experienced a European campaign, it changes everything. Mm. Everybody has a real interest in it. 
Um, you could be walking down the street in Dublin and w in 2016 and people would stop you and discuss it in, in terms of the Europa League run, etc. So it's a huge thing. I think we need it if we have to kick our domestic football on. We need our clubs really pushing towards Europe, but it's gone so hard. So for me, uh, that will be the key that for, for this side to go to the next level. Mm. On paper, do they have that same level of talent? Yes, they do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely do. They're, and, and for player for player wise, you know, they're, they're as good as that Dundalk side in 16. They've just got to now prove on the pitch, to be fair to them. You look at like what the Norwegian champions were doing last night, obviously in the Champions League, and like it is the thing, I think, that the Conference the, League. Huh? The Conference League, yeah. sorry, did yeah. I say Champions League? Yeah. It's very far from the Champions League. Um, but nevertheless, like against a team that they were definitely not fancy to get gotten anything out of it. Uh, but but like just on that point, Vinny, about the how I mean, I think looking at it between Dundalk and Rovers and obviously Shelburne going back, it is the thing that tends to pierce the consciousness of those who aren't that worried about the League of Ireland. How so how well set up are Rovers um to expand on that question to to pierce that and, and what, what do you think can be the extent of their ambitions this year on that front? Um, the, the, the Conference League they left that group stage Conference League behind them last year um, from, from, this, from the Estonia side they should have beat them uh, they're better than them uh, it, it just didn't happen on a day and that's, that's football at that highest level one, one moment or a couple of moments went against them but I think they've got such an ability to keep the ball in Europe that's huge it's not always been the way mm. for our side, so I think that's huge. Um, you would, you would, you would sort of again reluctant to to, to, to criticise people. The staff there have done an amazing job. You would just wonder sometimes at the highest level in Europe, it's it's that little bit of pace. Not from from a defensive point of view, they would have it at times. It's that little bit of pace in behind people and capitalise on a mistake. So where they'll be comfortable and they might have a lot more possession than than some of the teams they meet in Europe. It's it's can they penetrate in behind at the highest level and because you might only get one chance for one ball in behind, and and the rest is history. So uh, for me, that would be a cons the only real concern in Europe: a front man who can really lead the line or show them real pace in behind. Beyond that. Uh, it's a look of a draw when you when you go back to Dundalk last year we were to see the team when we drew Vitesse Arnhem who were still in the competition lost 2-1 away in Germany last night and may still go through so it's a it's so difficult Rovers aren't seeded because your coefficient is based on your last five years in Europe so they'd be unseeded in a lot of the draws and that, got, that can, you can be really unlucky mm. but you could meet an Icelandic champions who are seeded so uh, it all depends. It's it's really is the look of the draw at that level. Can I ask you one more just on Jack Byrne? What, d given the transitional nature of where, where he's uh, come from up to this point, like another big year at Rovers and the links will all be there again with a uh, move somewhere else. What do you think is he best advised to do? Like, would you like to see him stay at Rovers for the next four or five years? Or what do you think will happen for him? Yeah, like... The, the, for me, it'd be great if if part of the league, not just Jack Bourne, but the league was built around these stars, and he, and, you know, and he he focused on becoming the star in Ireland, becoming the big name, becoming, you know, uh, someone who can make a real living here in terms of uh, people get involved with him from an advertisement point of view. And you see, he's starting to do bits of that. As I said, there would be billboards built around people like Jack Bourne and the stars that are in the league like that so for me does, does Jack Bourne I've watched a lot of League 1 League 2 football is he good enough to play at that level absolutely but does it suit him probably not and that's why he probably made the decision to go to Europe at the time um, but again um, in terms of 
he probably double tripled his wages when he went away and you know he, mm. he's a young lad who has to make Fair a living for himself yeah. so if somebody comes back in at some stage in the next 12 18 months and offer him two and three times his wages um, and sometimes it can be it can be life-changing money as well for these guys so uh, but it would be brilliant if we built the league around people like Jack Bourne Danny Mandrew Michael Duffy and made them the stars that I, I think people connected to them clubs think they are are Shelburne a sleeping giant or just a giant oh like I, I mean I, I played against that great Shelburne team Stewie Bourne um, Owen Heary these guys just fantastic team brilliant club uh, the atmosphere in, in Tolka Park was was sensational back around that time um, Pat Fenlon done an amazing job with them but um, it's been so long since they've been where they are that um, it'll take a lot for them to get back to the levels they need to be um, so you would have to say uh, Duffer won't like me saying you would have to say absolutely sleep and joint because to wake that club back up to what it needs to be um, it's very difficult to get the crowds in because Tucker Park has fallen apart. The new stand that went in, the new stand, is now condemned and supporters aren't allowed in it, for example. So it's going to be difficult. It's going to be small crowds, sold-out crowds generally down there. And um, it's a difficult league uh, for teams who get promoted. Very few do really well in it. So um, it's a difficult road back to where they'll get to. I know Damien will work really hard to get them there, but you're taking on some clubs that have been there for a long time and shells have been so up and down that... Um, genuinely I think if Shelbourne finished the, t- the, the league mid-table or toward from bottom it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them as a club and, and to build slowly to get back to where they once were I think uh, him saying during the week that it was the it's the biggest thing it's the biggest day in his life outside of any family things I think was like a huge endorsement for for it and he's been cranking up obviously the pressure on the players as well by saying this is a giant of a club and the expectations are there and you got to fill the shirt like he's been saying all the right things I think what's in terms of like what he can expect on the pitch obviously uh, Pats this weekend what's the like what? What do you expect to see? Because he might have, and he's obviously got the history he has in terms of the clubs he's played with and the style that he had. And he might have something in mind, and he might have to be more pragmatic for the reasons that you've just outlined. What do you expect to see from Damien Duff, Damien Duff style of football? Yeah, like I done my pro license with Damien, so spent two years in and out of his company right. uh, the last couple of years, and um, really intense guy. Loves his football. At the time, he was working with Celtic under Brendan Rodgers, who is in many ways one of the godfathers of, of, of football over there. We obviously have Pep and uh, Klopp, but Brandon, I suppose for Irish people, he's very uh, connectable with. And Damien seemed to have a really uh, strong relationship with, with him. And you could see that in, in the way when he spoke and when he shaped, gave us examples of what he was doing at his club. And uh, John Kennedy, the assistant manager there, was really, you know, he's one of the most highly regarded coaches in, in British football. And so Damien picked up a lot from them from them guys, I would say, in particular. Obviously, he worked under Mourinho and he won premiership titles. So, uh, But it's a whole different world um, to where he is. It's still the same game, but he's just working with a player who isn't as, as good as what he once wa- was working with. So that will be difficult. Um, I think what he, where he'll find it difficult is when you look at a squad, a lot of young players with a bit of talent. Um, I've seen... They've played three at the back in pre-season. They've played with back four, so he'll have to find his own style and his own way of playing that suits his players. So, just because he's worked under 
Brandon Rogers and, and they played a certain way as Celtic or it doesn't mean he can just automatically take that as a blueprint and build it into shells because he's got different players does, and does it take him a while to figure that out then Vinny? is that like cause you, you might have an idea and this is I'm all in now on this thing but you, might, you may and Stephen Kenny has had to do it obviously with Ireland you may need to adapt yeah absolutely so I mean we all get brandished with different titles people would say um in transfer room where you go into a transfer market um, we'll all as coaches I'm called the 4-3-3 coach and, and people would say I'd like to be this way and that way that's just because of the players I worked with I worked with Gannon and Massey two best fullbacks in the last 10-12 years so I, I played that sort of way that suited them players but Damien has different players there now and as I said he's, he's got people like Mark Coyle from, from Finn Harps he's got Air Dervin from, from Longford last year who, who will make a, probably a big part of his midfield they're, yes they will be technical enough players but they're all about work rate and energy so his style will have to adapt to the players he has so it will be fascinating to see I know Damien doesn't want it to be about him and he's trying to play that part of it down but um, like uh, it was funny I seen a picture of his press conference and all the usual the 10-12 the lads were sitting around with him, Damien in the middle of it and I sort of chuckled to myself because someone like Rory Higgins is tucked away up in Derry um, probably driving back to somewhere around the, up the hills there in the car laughing to himself because they spent a huge amount of money they've signed a huge amount of players mm. and all the attention is on Damien and Shell so that's good for other managers in the league so from Shell's perspective um, and Damien's I can understand that when you know him as a person difficult to know uh, but a brilliant person so enthralled in the game that I can see why he said what he said about this being one of the biggest days of his life because he doesn't do anything by half. I imagine if, if he goes for a loaf of bread, he's thought about which, bread, which brand he's buying, um, why he's buying it, and how long it's going to last, and what his, um, what his plan is to, to do with the bread. Um, and that's just Damien Duff, and he, he's brilliant for it. But there is other hard-working managers in the league as well. You can't get to this level without being obsessed by the game. Well, you mentioned Derry, so let's go there. And Stewie was talking, saying last night that they should challenge Rovers, which is there's not a huge amount of um, sentiment for that out there. But uh, you mentioned Rory Higgins, obviously the players they've brought in that you'll be very familiar with, Duffy and, and McElhenney. The real positive story bubbling up there. Is it realistic that they'll challenge? Um, yes. Uh, so it's Rory Higgins, not Rory. So uh, R- Rory. Rory, yeah. So very much an Irish name. Uh, so. So I, I, Rory was there, um, worked with myself and Stephen in 18 when we won the double. He was my insist, assistant in 19. And people people would talk about other managers. Uh, just just an amazing football person who, you know, you talk about eat, drink and sleep football. He, he knows everything about everything of the game and every player. And you can tell by that by the squad he's put together. Uh, the obvious ones, Duffy, McElhenney, uh, Will Patching gone up there. Um, that's, it's just a sensational sort of uh, front line they've put together up there. They, they've, they will play things down, and rightly so. They've got to manage expectations. But the, the Brandywell, with a team going well, is one of the best clubs in this country. And I think what they can bring to the league is they can bring a title race. I have no doubt about that. Uh, it's a long way to come back from where they were to catch Shamrock Rovers it's, I think it's 24 points from last year that's a lot of games to make up but they've certainly put uh, the players in place to do that again signing of Cameron Dummigan um, you would say where it was one of their weaknesses they could have been stronger at the back Cameron Dummigan from Dundalk 
brilliant signing forward and dark players who have all had success. So really strong sort of and there's a, there's a local element to it. Shane McElhenney has gone back as well. Patrick and Michael are from the town and when that town gets together and um, we've seen some of the documentaries recently it's an amazing football town and the Brandywell will be a difficult place to go this year so uh, for me um, I think they're probably the, the only team capable of pushing Rovers all the way this year Right. so we're saying Rovers we're saying Derry might get close and then with the who's the best of the rest like yeah, well, Pats, Pats last week in the President's Cup were actually better than Rovers on the day. They should have been two or three up. Um, they've, they've, you know, Owen Doyle has come back into the into the league, looks really good. Dara Bournes was exceptional last year. Young players coming through that club. So, you you know, it, it is difficult between Pats, Bowles and Sligo and Dundalk to pick next best of them. It, it, there's so many changes to them squad that you've got to... It, it's a wait and see. I mean, when you look at Bowles, the players... The players they've lost, Georgie Kelly, um, uh, Ross Tierney, um, they're, they're huge blows for them. Uh, Cornwall, their centre-half, and the captain Buckley, right through the middle of the squad. That's a huge blow for Bowles, so we don't know what Bowles are going to be like. Pats have lost some big players. So it's, it's, it is, it looks very, very simply. Uh, Rovers, Derry will chase them, and... It, it's up to the rest um, Sligo have lost John Mann and John Kenny John Kenny young player coming through going to Celtic John Mann was their captain and a real leader for them and that's a huge blow for them so um, we've lost a huge amount of talent out of the league as well it's a big big story developing underneath and um, a lot of the clubs have suffered as a result of it In terms of players that, that are still in the league give us a few players to watch then before before we let you go Vinny Yeah well D- Dara Bourne's exceptional player at St Pat's um, Jamie McGonagall a very young player that they signed from the Northern League again Rory's knowledge brilliant player Jamie Mullins at Bowes has a real chance Carl Sullivan was at Finn Harps last year but he's gone to Sligo into the professional setup. nothing against Finn Harps but I think he is one that is, could kick on um, Shell signed from, from Wexford uh, Jack Moylan looks a really really good player albeit it was first division level so that will be interesting but again people criticise UCD they've got a couple of big stars now that they're being promoted and but Colin Whelan Irish on the 21 international and Liam Carrigan looks the real deal he's someone I, I last summer would have spoken to his agent um, if Dundalk had it went down a different route as a club someone like Liam Carrigan is, is destined to be a star I feel but with so many of these young players hard to know but they look the real stars for me and again watch out for Brendan Kavanagh up in, up in uh, Derry because um, he was at Rovers went alone to Bray but the style of Derry might sue him and, and there's, there's certainly new stars about to come through uh, because we need them we've lost that many